I'm grateful for the hospitality of the rector and vestry of St. George's Church and being able to be part of this worship today, this live stream. Uh, it's, uh, I'm grateful for that hospitality and also want to give my greetings to those who are uh, elsewhere in our diocese and indeed elsewhere throughout the world. It is truly good for us to be able to connect by means of this live stream today. From our gospel reading, Father, I thank you for having heard me. In the 2013 film Gravity, actress Sandra Bullock is an astronaut who's in extremis. There's been a terrible traumatic accident that has left her cut off, hurtling in orbit around the world in grave danger of her life. Her only contact is with ghostly flickering radio voices and a virtual George Clooney, a fellow astronaut who is probably a figment of her own imagination. So push comes to shove in the film and Bullock's character falls apart. Now this is understandable. The cold night of space surrounding her, the beautiful blue orb of Earth so nearby but so far away. No one will mourn for me, she cries. No one will pray for my soul. I've never prayed in my life. No one ever taught me how. She says this miserably. Note that. No one ever taught me how to pray. That was worth the price of admission. In our gospel today, we encounter Jesus at a moment of crisis. Not the crisis of his life, though that's coming, but at a crisis in the life of the household at Bethany, where Mary and Martha are mourning their lost brother, Lazarus. He's been dead for four days. The sisters had hoped that Jesus would arrive in time to heal him. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It actually gets repeated twice in the story, first on the lips of Martha, and then of Mary. Where have you been, Jesus? Why didn't you save him? Now these two are prayers of a sort. The kind of prayers that people in crisis pray. Prayer in the foxhole, prayer in the hospital ward, prayer for those we love who are far away and perhaps in trouble. There's faith here, too. Martha tells Jesus, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. She believes. She knows that Jesus can save her brother. That, of course, is exactly what happens in our gospel today. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. It's curious to me that we never actually hear Jesus pray in this crisis. 
It's easy to miss because he does address himself to God. But he doesn't actually pray. Now we hear him pray in the 17th chapter of John's Gospel, unambiguously, in the high priestly prayer that he prays for those who believe in him at the supreme crisis of his own life. But we do not hear him pray in today's gospel. The text assumes that he prays, but we only hear Jesus giving thanks to God for having heard his prayer. Father, I thank you for having heard me, he says. I thank you for having heard me. And he actually gives thanks to God before Lazarus comes forth, before he revives. But we don't actually hear the prayer, though it's clear that Jesus has prayed. I know that you always hear me, Jesus says. Our gospel reading today underscores the certainty of Jesus' prayer. It's so certain that we don't even need to hear it. Jesus is giving thanks even before the miracle takes place. That certainty. We don't hear the prayer, but God certainly does. For our part, our prayers are uncertain most of the time. We ask in faith always, but not in the fullness of certainty. In our prayer, we seek to be obedient to the will of God. And that is the flip side of faith. What St. Paul calls in the letter to the Romans, the obedience of faith. So we seek to be obedient to the will of God, but we're not there yet. We seek to follow the example of Jesus' own obedience, his own prayer. Like Mary and Martha, we believe. And we seek from Jesus what we cannot deliver for ourselves. In other words, we turn to God in faith. I will do whatever you ask in my name, Jesus says a little later in the gospel, in the 14th chapter. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's the 15th chapter. Earlier, in the gospel, Jesus told the Samaritan woman at the well that the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Jesus' words are an invitation to faith, to pray to God in his name, in spirit and in truth, and believe that the prayer will be answered. 
the early Christian writer Tertullian, a North African, reflecting on the power of prayer, said this to his readers, asking this rhetorical question, what will God refuse to the prayer that comes to him from the Spirit and in truth? What will God refuse? According to Tertullian, prayer is able, in his words, to recall the souls of the dead from the very path of death, to make the weak recover, to heal the sick, to exercise demons, to open prison doors, to loosen the chains of the innocent. Prayer remits sin. It repels temptation. It stamps out persecution, consoles the faint-hearted, delights the courageous, brings travelers safely home, calms the waves, feeds the poor, directs the rich, raises up the fallen, and supports those who are on their feet. Prayer is the wall of faith, our shield and weapon against the foe. Hence, let us never set forth unarmed. Let us be mindful of our guard duty by day and our vigil by night. What need then, Tertullian adds at the conclusion of his discourse, is there a further discussion of the duty of prayer. Even our Lord himself prayed. Tertullian looks to the example of Jesus himself in his own practice of prayer. Jesus has taught us how to pray. Even if nobody else has, through his own prayer, obedient and certain. These are times made for prayer, these times of the coronavirus, times when uncertainty is rampant and different competing versions of reality flicker across our screens. The difference between the real and the unreal is not always clear in the midst of the crisis. What does it mean for us where can we turn for help? In these uncertain times, we can turn to God in faith, in our own extreme situation, in the crisis of our lives, turn to God in prayer, in sure and certain hope that God is faithful, faithful to us, and we'll hear what we ask in Jesus' name. And now, to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let us ascribe as this most justly due, almighty power, majesty, and dominion, this day and forever.